Hi, this is Bennett Kelly. Thanks for listening to Cyberlaw Business Report. Before you take a recess to hear the latest internet law news and commentary, you are hereby ordered to download the webmasterradio.fm mobile app for iPhone and Android. Okay, maybe not ordered, but why not? You can listen live to my show and all our show hosts every day on our live stream or download past episodes with ease. So download the webmasterradio.fm mobile app in the iTunes store or in the Google Play store. It's an open and shut case. All rise. Welcome to the Cyber Law and Business Report. Get the top story on the hot button internet legal topics of the day. This is your home for the latest on internet law and policy. Hear the latest net trends impacting business and have your questions answered right here. This is the Cyber Law and Business Report. Now, please welcome your host, the founder of the Internet Law Center, Bennett Kelly. Good morning and welcome to another edition of Cyber Law and Business Report. This is Bennett Kelly broadcasting live from the Internet Law Center here in the heart of Silicon Beach. Please be seated. We have a great show for you today. We have a, a good friend of the show, um, Dan Tynan, who is um, with Yahoo Tech now. And uh, he's been a frequent guest, and he's going to kind of walk us through some of the best of April Fool's Day 2014. But Dan won't have one of the better pranks, and that was done by our own producer, um, Brasco, who changed his status to married and then got tons of uh, well-deserved congratulations, only to find out it was a prank. Um, And actually, one of the better pranks I saw was was something for the Center for Disease Control, which wasn't even a prank. Um, they are using this whole um, obsession with zombies and vampires to um, have a, a whole session, a page on the zombie apocalypse and are we prepared as a message, as a way to discuss um, you know, emergency preparedness. And um, so, but hopefully you won't have to be emergency prepared during this show. Um, after we talk to Dan, we're going to go on some news updates. And one quick shout out, I want to congratulate the Rubicon Project on going public today, um, yesterday. And uh, so um, Frank Adante, it's his third or fourth startup. He's actually taken um, to success and uh, congratulations. It's been a pleasure to work with you guys and um, much luck to you and I'm sure um, the stockholders apparently are, are acting favorably. So without further ado though, we're going to jump, um, we're going to bring on Dan and we're going to talk about the best of April Fool's 2014. And our guest today for the special April Fool's edition, albeit one day late, um, of Cyber Law Visit Report is our, our, our good friend and frequent visitor, um, Dan Tynan. And um, Dan is, uh, has been studying this issue quite assiduously. Um, but Dan, I understand that you have some news um, to start off with. So why don't, you, why don't you start with that? Hey, Bennett. It's great to be here, as always. Um, I guess the news would be that I am no longer a carefree, devil-may-care freelance writer, but I'm actually, I have a straight job. I'm working for an actual employer. Um, I am a columnist for Yahoo Tech which is the new consumer technology site that was launched by David Pogue last January. Well, they were rising until I joined, and then they started to plummet. So I'm not sure if those things are related. But um, personally, I am quite happy that we own Alibaba. (laughs) 
I will actually be. And sometime in summer, I am transplanting, retransplanting myself back to my old stomping grounds uh, so I can be more plugged into the tech scene, as the kids say. I think California is pretty much corner of the market on foolishness, although uh, I have to say this year has been the most foolish I've seen uh, probably ever. Uh, I can't believe the number of different folks who are trying to get in on the joke. Yes, yes. And to be honest, a lot of people do miss. I mean, they have cute ideas, uh, and I'm sure they, you know, they yucked it up in the boardroom. But when they're actually out there in the real world, they tend to fall flat. In fact, really, most of them tend to fall flat. So, um, you know, we on our blog, for those listening, if you listen, you can check out um, um, cyberlawradio.wordpress. We we posted some of the ones that we found interesting. But Dan, what have been your favorite um, April Fool's, um, I guess, uh, exercises or celebrations? Well, it's funny because I did write a piece for Yahoo Tech, uh, which published uh, on April 1st, called Pranks for the Memories, uh, the 10 Best April Fool's Jokes of 2014. And, and, you know, they were the 10 best I could find in the time I had to write the piece because there were so many. Um, I have to say one of my favorites is actually uh, from Frito-Lay. Uh, Frito-Lay introduced Cheeto, which is a new designer fragrance based on Cheeto's mascot, Chester Cheetah. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, you, you know, because everybody wants to smell like, you know, aged cheddar, I think. You know, it's it's one of those, you know, visceral things that you, you know, that's really going to enhance your sex life is to smell like, you know, you just rub some Cheetos behind you each year. So, um I thought they did that very well. They had a very funny video attached to it, and it was a... It was something about um, sexy in a cheesy sort of way. Uh, sexy like a stinking, lustful cloud of aged cheddar. <laughs> <laughs> so um, what else did you... So let's continue. What else? Um, what, what, what were the other ones that you really liked? Well, I mean, it seems obligatory now. Google has to... Just go all out. I mean, you know, I, years ago, Google became famous because it let, allows all of its engineers 20% of their time to pursue their own products. It turns out they're all pursuing April Fool's jokes. Which then makes their, their next year, um, you know, new product offering somewhat uh, suspect. Yes. But, you know, basically, uh, April Fool's is Google's way of reminding us that they own the Internet and they can take it back whenever they want to. So uh, they had a dozen, uh, easily. Yes, they had easily a dozen. And these aren't, you know, simple, oh, I'm going to throw up a web page and, you know, create a funny photo. You know, they go all out. They do videos. They actually change some of their apps. For example, um, uh, the mobile app, uh, if you have it on Android or iOS, uh, you, you can now translate web pages into emoji. So if you open up Chrome on your uh, iPhone uh, or your Android phone and you open a web page and you tap the settings, you will see translate to emoji in it. I have. Uh, and it translates like every third word. So I've seen my you know, my own stories on Yahoo Tech translated into emoji, uh, which are kind of funny. Um, there's also um, the auto awesome huff bombs which are, in fact, uh, you take photos and you can automatically insert pictures of David Hasselhoff into them. Yes, yes, because no photo cannot be improved by a picture of David Hasselhoff. 
there's a Pokemon challenge, which, you know, I was never a big Pokemon player. I'm too old for that. But my kids were. And uh, so you can actually go into Google Maps and find Pokemon creatures hiding in different locations. And the idea being that you, you find them, they throw your Pokeball at them, they become their Pokemon master, master. And if you do enough of them, Google will hire you. At least that's their claim. And, um, you know, I, um, they, they, I saw one that struck my fancy was the, uh, the AdSense one. And that allowed to tell you um, where your, what planet your, your, <laughs> your, your visitors were coming from. I did not see that one. That's pretty good. And then it'd be interesting to see what the stats were. Uh, and the, uh, the the demo suggested that you were getting visitors from outer space, and and outer space seemed to be a somewhat of a theme. I noticed that uh, Southwest Airlines had a promotion, but they were soon going to be offering fares to Mars for nine thousand nine hundred ninety nine dollars and ninety nine cents. They're just trying to compete with Virgin Air. That's all. Um, I mean, there are, I'm looking at the page that lists all of them. There's like 15 of them, uh, and I can't even go into them all. I didn't actually even have time to look at them all before I wrote my story because there were so many. And you just got to wonder what's going on in the Google Googleplex there. I mean, what are they putting in the water? Um, well, they, they, some of them moved down here to L.A., so that may be part of the problem. But, um, you know, in terms of, uh, you know, you're talking about you know, Virgin. You know, they've also made an effort every year to yes. do something. And I liked last year's where they had the glass bottom plane. And, <laughs> and, you know, that, that, that was creative. But you know, this year's, you know, they did a video and it was quite interesting. Yeah. Yes, it was the Nest. They, they teamed up with Nest. And so the notion being that every single seat in a Virgin plane would have a Nest control and that you could pick uh, particular environments. So you could have Chicago polar Arctic winds, or you could have Cancun summer breeze, you know, flowing on you. Uh, which, you know, if you think about it, it's not a bad idea for a feature. And but it was interesting is that uh, um, they you know, they have them sitting next to each other. I also yes. I also saw something offline that you um, take take Virgin home with you. And it has like a sleeper bed that you could take home and sleep in your living room. You know, so virgin in your living room. And I don't know if that was a this year one or a last year. Um, you know, clearly they, they have top quality um, material when it comes to this. And I love the fact that Richard Branson's always in them. You know, it, that's part of the branding. I mean, you, you, yeah. know, you can't get away with away yeah. from that. Um, but um, so, who else did you like? Netflix did something pretty funny. Um, and I hadn't seen Netflix do this before, and I'm not sure if you need a Netflix account to see this, but um, they introduced a new uh, movie called Rotisserie Chicken, which is a mesmerizing 73-minute movie that features a chicken roasting on a spit. Uh, and the twist is they've done it as an ode to Benjamin Button. So the chicken starts out cooked and slowly becomes less cooked over time. Oh, an homage to Benjamin Button and Andy Warhol. And chicken. <laughs> yes. The same as the Andy Warhol, was it the seven-hour film? The Sleep, yeah, the movie on Sleep, yes. This is except that it's it's rotating and it's making a kind of an irritating sound the entire time. But it's mesmerizing. I have to say, stupid as it sounds, that I turned the chicken on and I just watched it for a while. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it... it, it 
it, it's an acquired now you you highlighted one I, you know, I I tried to click on it and the link didn't work so I, I didn't include it in my list but um, the, what you refer to as Manifin Destiny ah yes the Manifin I thought this was really cute um, so the uh, tourist board from uh, St. Petersburg Clearwater in Florida uh, announced, and they did this last week. They were being very clever. They actually released a, a thing of saying they had found an extremely rare animal, which was a cross. It was half manatee, half dolphin, and and 100% adorable. Uh, and uh, so it, they called it a, quote, aquatic herbivore known for its playful personality and penchant for exceptionally clear water. The sound clear water. So, um, and they built a website. They actually had, uh, you know, they put photos up. They put a video that never actually loads, uh, and they put sounds of the manifin's cry, which interestingly enough sounds just like the rotisserie in Rotisserie Chicken. Yeah, I think there must be some um, character actors doing some audio uh, <laughs> yes. sides there. Now, you highlighted something that I uh, a couple of one one thing I, that I highlighted that I thought was really kind of clever and. Uh, both in the way it mimicked it and the way it didn't, and that was um, President Clinton's. Okay, what's the exception? I remember. This matters. Look, do you see the size of his phone? Oh, it's not a phone so much as it is like his massive laptop. You know, it's, like it's it is. I think it is a phone, but it's a giant. <laughs> and well, he's very small. He's much yeah, smaller. He's, you know, you know, but, you know, that happens when you get older. But yes. um, and then I liked his description. Um, husband, dad. Um, F. POTUS, <laughs> um, Bono impersonator, and um, then said three-piece suit aficionado. Yes, and meme appropriator. Yes, he. Uh, you got to figure Chelsea put him up to it. I um, think so. So yeah, that was that. That'd be interesting. You know, the whole discussions and then the well, is this presidential? Um, and uh, but he had Razorback fan, Razor and Hoyer fan. Um, but um, any event, I, I thought that was classy. And there was some like other Twitter ones I thought were good. Um, I like there was one for um, Red Bull Motorsports that they were um, they were doing testing in Dubai for their app that will allow racers to tweet during the race. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I thought that was you know that had a certain you know flair for the the ridiculous that. And you know enough people would say, "Oh my God, I can't believe they're doing that." Um, right. And and apropos to that, um, one of their subsequent tweets was, you know, "Nudge, nudge, this is a joke." <laughs> um, so that which suggests that maybe they did get a few very quick tweets when it, once it went out. Well, it's it is you know that is the sign of a really good April Fool's joke because you scratch your head and you go, "Wait a minute, is this real?" Um, I actually wrote about ThinkGeek. ThinkGeek is one of my favorite stores online because they have things like bacon-flavored chewing gum, uh, and they have a lot of Star Trek stuff. And, and they every year they come out with new products. And so this year they have like nine new April Fool's products. One is Rosetta Stone, Learn to Speak Klingon. Yes. And uh, another one is um, Mr. Beard. Uh, which is if you want to be a hipster uh, in a hurry you and you're clean shaven, you can stick your chin in this thing and it will weave a, a beard around your mouth as you wait. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to be talking more about 
um, some of the, the hijinks of this very important American holiday, well, worldwide holiday, known as April Fools. You're listening to Cyberlawn Business Report on Webmaster Radio, also available on iHeartRadio. Stay tuned for more of the Cyberlaw and Business Report after this brief recess for our sponsors. Oh, yeah. My day is done. Time for happy hour. You're already done for the day? Yeah, because I use CertifiedKnowledge.org. Their PPC tools literally save me hours every day. How do you keep on top of all of Google's new features? Easy. With Certified Knowledge, their interactive learning modules keep me up to date. And if there's something I don't know, I can watch their video lessons without having to hunt around the Google help files. Great. I'm ready to expand my knowledge. Hi, I'm Brett Geddes. I'm the only leader officially supported by Google to teach the advanced track of the AdWords Seminars for Success. I personally recommend CertifiedKnowledge.org as your one-stop shop for all your PPC needs. Learn. Optimize. Connect. Be smart. Go to CertifiedKnowledge.org now. Why do over 15,000 small businesses love working with Infusionsoft? Because we believe in people and their dreams. We empower entrepreneurs and our groundbreaking tools help small businesses grow and thrive. We listen. We care. We serve our customers and we do what we say we'll do. We're always trying to find new ways to innovate and to improve our all-in-one sales and marketing platform. Most of all, from email to e-commerce, we help small businesses like yours succeed. Go to Infusionsoft.com slash radio to watch a free product demo. That's Infusionsoft.com slash radio. Johnson, what's this mantis I keep hearing about? Do we need to call an exterminator? No, sir. Moby Mantis is our new SMS marketing tool. SM what? SMS. Text messaging. Moby Mantis lets us communicate directly with our customers in real time. We can send promos, coupons. It even lets our customers market for us by sharing offers with their friends online. It's been great for business. Hmm. Sounds expensive. Actually, I sign us up for an extended free trial. It hasn't cost us a dime. Good work, Johnson. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. The best gavel-to-gavel legal news and information on the net is right here. This is the Cyber Law and Business Report, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. And we're back. This is um, Bennett Kelly. We have Dan Tynan, our, our great friend now with Yahoo Tech. And uh, we're doing a Cyber Law... Um, business report special April Fool's edition, and we're kind of uh, reveling over some of the the favorite hijinks of the, of the day. And um, you know, some of the ones I thought were really interesting. Um, we talked about the Red Bull racing. There was a joint one by Tom's and Uber that uh, did a play on carbon footprint, and um, had, instead of having a, a Uber car pick you up. They had a cardboard uh, box come pick you up, but it brought you Tom's shoes. <laughs> and I, I thought that was really clever, the way they played that. And, uh, and I think that's this, the, the kind of the fine line of, um, of these, these, these promotions is that you want to play and obviously play to, to your brand. You want to play to some of the, um, the goodwill you have. But you don't want to be outright selling, and I think that was that was a downside. I thought to the um, Southwest um, ad we were, of Mars, just like it was just an extension of one of their other ads, and um, so I really like that one. 
Um, I thought the pick monkey one was kind of interesting, where they were explaining how they uh, took all their pictures and uh, um, reduced them to stone. <laughs> And then chiseled them just like they used to. I, I kind of thought that was an interesting one. Um, and then uh, I liked the, there was one by Orbotics um, uh, that had a, a selfie drone camera, <laughs> which really intrigued me. Um, but I thought the, for, you know, just pure over-the-top funniness was the Lululemon um, one. I know why you like that. That's the spray-on-pants one, isn't it? Exactly. I thought that, you know, that, that's over the top. That's pretty funny. Um, and for the startup ones, I thought you know, the crowd tilt, um, you know, creating a crowdfunding for Utopia, an island of Utopia off the coast of San Francisco for startups, I thought that, that, that was definitely worth it. Um, Airbnb, I thought, struck, you know, struck a good note. Um, where you can, when you take a break, you can rent out your desk to someone else. Um, yeah, that was kind of funny. And then, of course, for some people, that might be more productive use. Um, and then Coffee Meets Bagel, a group, a, a dating site I'd never even heard of, um, wow. was talking about using Google Glass as a way to screen daters and you know, find who's a stalker and who's likely to have typhoid. And it was really kind of, a, I thought that was a good touch. I thought, you know, they... they I actually expected a lot more um, jokes about Google Glass and about drones than I saw. Or a few Google Glass. I mean, that was the one um, right. I, I didn't, you know, I, I kind of thought would merit inclusion. Now, there wasn't one, I mean, my wife's Canadian, and so yeah, I always look for certain um, uniquely Canadian um, things. And um, WestJet, which is a, you know, kind of a smaller um, airline in Canada, um, clearly they're not going to match. Richard Branson for money or for swagger, but they did something uniquely Canadian. They said, you know, one thing we need to do is, I think it's time that we got more in, in line with Canada, and um, so we're converting to metric. We're going to have all our times be metric, and he's, and it's really simple. All you have to do is, and um, he recites this really complicated calculation, and says, well, since so from now on, you know, your flight will be uh, boarding in, you know, 3,022 milliseconds. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it was, you know, it was kind of in the deadpan aspect, you know, kind of along the lines of the Dollar Shave Club ads, um, was I thought you know, a, a good touch, and, and yes. you know, and, and uniquely Canadian, and so uh, I say, I say, hats off to them. Um, on that, I thought that was a good one. I saw one for Pugio that had uh, they're working on a unique personalized car um, car horn, <laughs> and which I thought that 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 definitely was a good touch as well. But um, so I mean the this day and the the ability to just disseminate these things on the internet uh, certainly highlights uh, you know oh, how the internet can be a lot of fun. But you know. At the same time, it does also highlight how the Internet is both a source of information and misinformation. Yes. Well, this is the thing, and, and uh, my colleague, Rafe Needleman, who is editorial director at Yahoo Tech, hates April 1st. Hates it, hates it, hates it. In fact, every time I brought it up, I said, you know, Rafe, we've got to do something for April 1st. And he was like, I don't want to do anything for it. Uh, and the reason is because, you know, you get pitched so many things, and invariably you end up either – mistaking something fake for real or mistaking something real for fake. 
You know, especially, and I this happened to me once um, a few years ago, because somebody uh, took a story that originally appeared on April 1st and republished it somewhere else like 20 days later. And so I found the story and I looked at it and I said, wow, this is weird. But I looked at the date. It was April 20th, not April 1st. And I thought, no, it must be real. Well, it wasn't. <laughs> I mean, that happens. I mean, there was some, but didn't Fox News recently rely on an Onion story? Well, Fox News. I mean, come on. <laughs> um, but, you know, the fact that I keep seeing some of these things, things I see, I, I think, wait a minute. Yeah, I check to see whether this is on the Onion or someplace similar to that. And, uh, like, <laughs> I mean, I, I, my intellect said this can't be true, but it just fits so perfectly um, with her personality. The whole quote that was circulating that Sarah Palin said, well, you know, the problem with the Malaysian airplane plane is that it just got too high. And, you know, and once you go up into heaven, you can't come back. <laughs> <laughs> and and you know, it was a total, um, total falsehood. And, uh, and so which you know, raised the question was circulating that. A good thing just to highlight you know, the fact that you know, she really is a silly person, or is, is that really just you know, unfairly creating misinformation? Well, yes. Um, this, is, this is the problem with the Internet, which is that information can disseminate much faster than anyone can actually say, whoa, wait a minute, is that even true? Um, and the reverse, the good side of it, is the fact that when someone says something like in a debate, for example, um, that's totally false. Uh, Fact-checking is getting close to being instantaneous. So it works both ways. Uh, but today is a dangerous day for Internet journalists to tread because you really never know. In fact, my wife sent me a clip uh, you know, via Skype. She sent me a link to Moo. Uh, Moo makes business cards and printing. They're, they're a cool British company. Um, and they put out a story about how they're delivering their business cards via dog. Now, um, and it's a really cute little story. And she thought it was real for a few minutes. And then I said, what day is it today? <laughs> Funny you mentioned that because I was looking at some of, the, some of the trade press, the press on April Fool's, and there was something about um, some service trying to delivered goat meat or something that it was something really obtuse like that and um, they said this actually is a true story but here's the ones that aren't and uh, and so that's the weird thing you know in every crazy day there's there are some crazy stories that are just plain true yes now um now do you yourself partake in uh, April Fools are you doing any pranks you know, I usually do. Uh, in fact, this year is one of the few I don't, although I did throw a few uh, jokes into my story about April Fool's that weren't true. Um, <clears throat> you know, uh, uh, I'm taking this one off. In fact, I actually think there's kind of a backlash against April Fool pranking. I mean, you know, everyone's doing it, which always means that some people get cranky. But I've noticed more and more people saying, you know, sort of grumbling, saying, I'm, don't, you know, I don't want to hear about any April Fool's jokes, kind of like my boss. Uh, and, you know, saying, you know, it's overdone or, you know, they were kind of over it. So I think we might be seeing kind of a retrenchment. It's sort of like Super Bowl ads. You know, a few years ago, everyone was like, oh, you know, 
have to do a more outrageous, funnier, weirder Super Bowl ad. And then people started to ratchet back a little bit because you can only you hit a certain point of saturation and then it's no longer effective. So I am wondering if we've kind of hit the high watermark for April Fool's jokes. A lot of people are, are enjoying consuming. I mean, I think uh, the fact that all these companies are doing it, I think they're going to get a lot of feedback on it. And it's actually a day of engagement. Um, I think, you know, and it's a great opportunity because if you have a good meme, it's going to get forwarded. Like we each listed several companies. Well, those companies will get a few more hits, you know, because of that. And so, you know, maybe that, that is a good thing. It's just a way of taking advantage of a, a day when um, the nation's willing to be marketed to in a different way, um, I, I guess would be the best way to say it. Well, I can see that. I think, though, that uh, I'm thinking of a couple of things, uh, mostly involving Twitter. There was, who is the guy who's a reality TV guy who faked an entire exchange on an airplane with some woman, and which was you know, based on cocktail napkins. So he actually would write something on a cocktail napkin and take a picture of it. Yes, entirely fabricated. But during it, you know, and we and I was actually sort of following it in real time along with my wife, and we were laughing hysterically because we couldn't believe how outrageous these people were being. And then it comes out that it was all faked. He was writing both cocktail napkins. It was totally had us on. And I felt actually a little pissed off. That, that, because I actually got hooked on that story, too. I thought it was really yeah. engaging. And yeah. um, Now, um, there are a couple of interesting, you see some um, non-traditional people sources, I guess, for getting involved. And one that I liked was a, uh, um, a choir in um, somewhere in England that was trying to explain that because of just demographics, they just don't have as many young boys. And uh, it was the, uh, the choir of King's College, Cambridge. And um, so they said that basically that since they no longer have young boys, um, they're going to use Helium. <laughs> <laughs> so they, they explain and they, they have the, the choir performing in, in full choir garb and they, they're performing as normal. And when it comes to that part, they just whip out this huge balloon and take, take a, uh, a big swig. And, um, and next thing you know, you know, they're talking like this. And it, I, it, was, it was pretty cute. I thought, you know, for a pretty stodgy um, outfit and they didn't have to go too far from their comfort zone. I thought that was that was kind of clever, I thought. It's pretty funny. So um, so what is next for you? What now that you are writing in, in this um, new area, what are you focusing that you haven't been focusing on before or what are you focusing on more that you haven't been focusing on before? Well I write a column that appears every Monday called Modern Family. And so it is Amazing. They stole it from me. Uh, actually, um, they wanted to call my column Family Tech, and I said, this is a major problem because my wife writes a column called Family Tech for another magazine, and imagine the confusion in our household. So I said, let's do a different name, and I proposed a bunch, and Modern Family was one of them, and they said, yeah, we like that one. Uh, and one of the reasons I proposed it is because uh, I am very much like the dad in that show, uh, except that I'm not nearly that skinny. Uh, you know, the uh, the goofy, nerdy guy who thinks he's cool and everyone thinks he's just a dork. That's me. So uh, I thought it would be appropriate. So I write about 
uh, you know, parenting stuff. But I also write about things, you know, that a dad would do at home. Uh, I've written a lot about smart homes and home automation. Uh, I'm going to be writing about uh, home repair. My next column is actually going to be about spring cleaning because uh, because we are moving, and I'm trying desperately to get rid of the ridiculous number of electronic devices in my house. So uh, I am exploring the various different ways of doing that, which is usually recycling, reusing, or reselling, and um, you know going through that process right now. But I recently did a series of stories on smartphones and kids and um, got a number of reactions, I mean, very, very strong reactions from readers, uh, some of which uh, people were calling me an idiot, <laughs> some of which people were saying I was promoting brain cancer by, talk, by talking about smartphones and the kids using smartphones. Um, and other people said it was these, this was great, where can I get one? So it was really all over the map, but it was clear that I, I, I struck a nerve, and the, the initial story was, you know, what's the right age to get your kid a smartphone, uh, and then um, how to protect them, uh, and I looked at a, a phone that's also a watch that's designed for four- and five-year-olds, uh, and it's called the Philip. Uh, F-I-L-I-P, and it was invented by a guy who lost his three-year-old son in a mall. Uh, for half an hour, a and he went through the classic panic that one does when one loses one's child in a mall, and vowed after that that it wasn't going to happen again. So he invented a device, uh, pretty simple really, that's a wristwatch that's also a very limited phone uh, and a GPS locator so that you can install an app on your smartphone and you can call that watch, and that watch can call you and four other people, but that's it, and you can find out where the watch is. Uh, and I, that generated a huge response from people, a lot of whom thought I was just like Satan incarnate for suggesting that someone who is four or five should wear something like that. Oh, I mean, that's just that's straight from Dick Tracy, isn't it? I even used a Dick Tracy reference in my story, you know, the two-way radio wristwatch, because that really is what it is. Um, and it's a cute little device. Uh, it's kind of small. I mean, people said, oh, I'd love to get this for my you know, elderly grandmother. And I said, well, she need to be pretty skinny because it's designed for a small wrist. But, um, and then I did a piece follow-up that quoted some of the letters, you know, calling me a sexist, cancer-loving <laughs> you know, technologist. Yes, so um, this is what you get when you write for Yahoo. You get a lot of people. <laughs> So I must warn you, um, it, with this show and like some of your prior shows, you are now on the Ari Heart Radio platform, and oh, right. which, uh, which has seven million registered users just for the talk radio platform alone, and thirty million users worldwide. So, and is this the one owned by Clear Channel? Yes, that's what I thought. As long as they read my stories first before they tell me what an idiot I am, I'm fine with it. I prefer they they avoid both of those, but. Um, so I want to thank you. I actually want to close. There was um, one of the one of the more famous April Fool's prank. Actually, goes back to 1957, and it was done by of all of groups, the BBC, which is probably why it was so effective. Nobody expected it, and it was a report on the Swiss spaghetti harvest. And and right. and people bought it. Um, it's on it's on YouTube. If you want. I recommend you check it out. Maybe I'll, I'll, I'll add it to the blog, and um, it's definitely uh, it, you, know, you can see how uh, just 
if people aren't expecting someone to say something and they say it, it how what how powerful it can be. And uh, the BBC is just a trusted state advisor. And um, well, I also remember Esquire did a cover story on a mythical actress written by George Plimpton. In 1990, I believe it was, or 92 or something. Yes, it was brilliant. Um, it was just a 4,000-word feature on a woman who did not exist. And Sports Illustrated did something on, on the, the next great Yankee. And, yes, that um, was also Plimpton. And, Plimpton then, they, the and then, then they had him retire Plimpton. right after that. Yes. So, well, he was a great writer. But I want to thank you, Dan, and congratulations on your new gig. Um, I hope you survive April Fool's intact, and uh, I hope this wasn't part of your April Fool's experience. <laughs> it was foolish, however, so that's good. But thank you again, and um, so when we come back, we'll be talking about some of the news updates going around around the world on the World Wide Web. Um, so you're listening to Cyberlaw and Business Report. We'll be back after these messages. Stay tuned for more of the Cyberlaw and Business Report after this brief recess for our sponsors. Building better search engine rankings takes the right formula. Tracking those rankings is super simple. All you need is AuthorityLabs.com. Authority Labs uses automated daily rank tracking tools to monitor your site's performance or leverage their API to build your own tools. No matter what animal-labeled algorithms affect your ranking, you should be using Authority Labs. Unlimited users for no additional cost and white labeling can help keep your clients updated and save countless hours of creating reports. Whether you're running sites with just a few or millions of keywords, what you need is AuthorityLabs.com. There are many things we would love to catch. Catching the final out of a baseball game. And that's the ball game. Reeling that big catch of the day. Or catching a ride home. Taxi! How about catching more attention, like the biggest retail brands on earth? Introducing Catchy.com, where they sell short branded attractive.com domain names. Use a short and catchy brand, just like Sony, Visa, and Nike for your next business venture. You can even rent to own for as low as $100 a month. Catch a big break for your business with Catchy.com. Guys, are you suffering from FD, fulfillment dysfunction? Let MoldingBox.com's online portal system for inventory, tracking, and returns perform for you. We have the enormous tools you need for complete warehousing, shipping, and handling of all your packages, no matter the size or shape, directly to your customers. MoldingBox.com can also fulfill all your nourishing, nutraceutical, and smooth skincare product desires, including green coffee and Garcinia on demand. Plus, let our in-house printing and CD DVD manufacturing help you enlarge and maximize your coaching and business opportunity potential. We do everything. Fulfillment, shipping, tracking, inside and out, and all in one place. Moldingbox.com. It's shipping made sexy. Webmasterradio.fm. We're everywhere. The best gavel-to-gavel legal news and information on the net is right here. This is the Cyber Law and Business Report, only on webmasterradio.fm. All right. Um, it was, it's always a pleasure talking with Dan. And uh, so today, actually, um, is April 2nd, so we are aware 
is not April Fools. And a uh, hundred two years ago today, the Electric Theater opened in Los Angeles um, as the first full time movie theater in the United States. Um, 32 years ago, Argentina invaded Falkland Islands, or as they refer to them as the Malvinas Islands. And uh, it's often overlooked, but it proved to be a pivotal moment in history. The subsequent war with Britain not only propelled Margaret Thatcher to re-election, which was not guaranteed at the time, but it also turned for America itself as it led to the downfall of the military junta in charge of Argentina, which had been carrying out what was known as the dirty wars of uh, you know, political violence against um, its opponents. Um, but as a result, you know, the Argentina's transition to democracy ultimately uh, was followed by the uh, continent-wide transition to democracy so that a decade, whereas in the 80s, the, the continent was dominated by military rulers, today it is largely democratic. And so that the Falklands War was a turning point. Um, very memorable for me since at the time I actually had a, an Argentinian and his statistics professor um, and who was very had, who had family involved in the war, so we were getting updates on on a personal level. Also, thirty years ago today, um, John Thompson became the first African American coach to win an NCAA title as his Georgetown Hoyers, led by Patrick Ewan, beat Houston and Hakeem Olajuwon. Um, it is Georgetown's only title. But um, ten years later, however, Olajuwon would get revenge by beating Ewing and the Knicks in the NBA Finals, um, which also. Or we may recall that that was the finals that was interrupted. They actually interrupted coverage of the game um, to cover the OJ low speed chase. So, um, if you remember where you were then, so there's some um, news in the tech world going on, and one of them is um, you know, the whole to do a paraphrase on you say um, tomato, I say tomato uh, on this whole transition of ICANN um, to a. Um, successor organization that would be a non-governmental body. That is the conditions of the U.S. Um, for transferring ICANN to another entity. Um, and it has to be a non-governmental body because they don't want any governments controlling it. Um, we're, we're having a tomato-tomato what um, Democrats are saying ICANN transition. Um, Republicans are saying ICANIMA. Um, in, that, in essence, they're playing from their Panama strategy. Um, Ronald Reagan actually um, was able to solidify support among uh, ardent conservatives and and definitely aid his bid and um, give a a leg up on um, his fight to win the nomination in 1980 uh, and run against Jimmy Carter by um, leading the fight against the Panama Canal Treaty. And and some even criticized them. Um, John Wayne actually um, criticized Reagan um, for... um, Actually, mischaracterizing uh, what the, the um, what Reagan's arguments were, but you're hearing a literal repeat of what Reagan said. You know, we build it now with respect to ICANN, and um, well. So the question, though, is it, it's very different. And although at the time, you know, Panama was actually some people said, you know, we're just returning Panama to it's it's it's, it's a matter of sovereignty. They're actually wanting to be free from a colonial domination of the U.S. in the Canal Zone, but um, and so that they should be viewed as free fighters, unlike the the, the Sandinista, unlike the uh, the Congo in Nicaragua, who. Um, we're necessarily promoting a democratic government, but um, now we have the repeat of that language, and so the question I ask the people 
who uh, are against this transfer is you know, um, what control do we have now? What are we giving up? And you know, about that, there isn't much we can we really have control at this point. And uh, and so, in terms of all the um, doomate discussions we are hearing on this issue, you know, I really think it is largely um, an act of political grandstanding. Whether it proved effective again, this is a pivotal election, and so it could definitely energize the base, especially when you have some people comparing this um, to a doomsday scenario where I saw some right wing site you know, saying you know, that somehow this is part of the biblical prophecy of the end of days um, you know I don't know I wouldn't look to a transfer of ICANN as a symbol of the biblical you know end of days if anything I would say that um, the best most recent example you have of that is that baseball season started in Australia with the, with the Dodgers playing over there but um, another big story, though, is uh, with Netflix and Comcast. Netflix has paid uh, uh, an agreement with Comcast where it will pay some sum to, in order to uh, efficiently stream its um, content through Comcast to subscribers for those who want to get their videos, um, which obviously is contrary to the whole argument that uh, the ISP say when the, they say oppose net neutrality and say, oh, don't worry, it's not like we're going to be, you know, have become toll booths. And uh, this clearly would be a, a case where it is. Uh, Netflix petitioned to the FCC chairman, hoping that they would step in. And the FCC said that, that they would not. Um, it still remains to be seen whether they're going to have any proposal in response to the Verizon decision, which struck down the existing net neutrality rules but it's definitely disturbing to see that the administration um is not stepping up because this is you know it's very ironic the very time we're talking about you know u.s giving up control quote um, of the internet um, because of the transfer of potential transfer of icon to a another independent non-governmental entity um we're, we're really giving up control of the internet by allowing uh, you know, groups like Comcast and others to you know, define you know, who gets access to what. Um, so the, you know, the parallel seems to be lost on some. And then there's an important decision, actually. Um, a federal judge in New York dismissed a lawsuit over um, Chinese company Badu's um, decision to block pro-democracy websites from appearing on its list of U.S. search results. Um, and the judge, Judge Freeman, explained that um, they couldn't award damages because of Badu's editorial decisions. Um, the judge found that it would violate the First Amendment rights of Badu and other search engines um, if the court told them what they had to display. And the court explained, um, there's no irony holding that Badu's alleged decision to disfavor speech concerning democracy is itself protected by the democratic ideal of free speech. The First Amendment protects Badu's right to advocate for systems of government other than democracy in China or elsewhere, just as surely as it protects plaintiff's rights to advocate for democracy. Um, as this decision came out, um, First Lady Michelle Obama was in China, and actually um, what was supposed to be just more of a, a ceremony visit, she did get this in by saying time and time again, we have seen that countries are stronger and more prosperous when the voices and opinions of it, all of its citizens can be heard. Um, she explained the United States 
um, respected uniqueness of other cultures and societies. But when it comes to expressing yourself freely and worshiping as you choose and having open access to information, we believe those are universal rights that are the birthright of every person on this planet. So um, the, the issue of Internet freedom in China you know, came on both both sides of the uh, Pacific came up, um, and uh, it's obviously that's going to be a sore point with China in the future. Um, I think one of the more amusing stories coming out of the internet was that there was a 14-year-old student who published a study that found the U.S. and the federal governments could save $234 million a year by simply switching the type of font that is used on printed documents. Um, using Garman apparently would, uh, would save substantial money um, $136 million per year for the federal government and another $97 million for state and local if they switch to government. So uh, I guess the font of choice of uh, internet geeks, I don't know. Um, moving back to ICANN, the, uh, we're starting to see some of the first new TLDs um, come online. Uh, one of them, .myc, should go live and is scheduled for October 8, 2014. So this is really happening. So Red Sox fans, uh, if you want to buy your Yankees, suck.myc here's your chance or um sopranos fans you can get forget about it and myc um just soon enough um another issue that is um in developing is we've talked a lot about the cybersecurity and um the ftftc has um recently entered a consent decree with both Fandango and Credit Karma for not having adequate security to protect their SSL encryption um, from um, outside access. Um, The FTC said the company's applications were vulnerable to man-in-the-middle attacks, which would allow an attacker to intercept any of the information the app sent or received. And so... um, this is a big issue for the FTC, and we're seeing cybersecurity being um, developed by enforcement standards, um, which is part of the lawsuit Wyndham is bringing, is that the, you know, the FTC never doesn't have the authority to do so. And so, obviously, if, if Wyndham wins on that proceeding, um, the question then will be, who will set these standards, and will, you know, will there be pressure to go forward? So, uh, we only have a few seconds left, but I want to thank... Um, I want to thank Dan Tynan for joining us again today. He's always a pleasure to have, and uh, it's always fun. April fooling around with him, and uh, and wish him much luck in in his uh, new job at Yahoo. Um, next week we'll be coming back and we'll be talking about some of these privacy issues, and uh, also there's going to be a, a big cybersecurity summit. The ISSA um, LA summit is coming up. And we'll feature um, former National Security Advisor Richard Clark as the keynote. So we'll have information on that as well. Um, if you want to check out some of the, um, the things we talked about with Dan, some of the examples of the best of April Fools, go to our blog, which is at cyberradio.wordpress and .com. And there you'll see uh, um, clips from all of them. And so I hope you enjoy them. But that's about it for now. Congratulations again to Rubicon Group. Happy April 2nd, and um, I'm sorry about the, 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 the quick demise of Brasco's marriage. But any event, we'll see you next week on Cyber Law and Business Report. This is Bennett Kelly signing off. Be sure to take, download our mobile app, and you can listen to us now on iHeartRadio. Um, so streaming live to some 7 million talk radio listeners. So I hope you're one of them. This is Bennett Kelly. See you next week. Quarters adjourned.
This has been a presentation of WebmasterRadio.fm, the world's largest business-to-business radio and podcast network. We welcome you to sample past episodes of this program, as well as our complete library of programs, on demand or on the air via our 24-7 live audio stream at www.webmasterradio.fm. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of WebmasterRadio.fm's management or sponsors. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without authorized consent of WebmasterRadio.fm is prohibited.